This is Pursuing Wholeness. Everything it is. Another episode of the Pursuing Wholeness Podcast. Yes, it's um, we still here. We still here. It's a blessing to be here. As they say, I'm glad to be on this side of the dirt. Um, <laughs> That's what they say on this side of the dirt. Uh-huh. I don't know if I heard it like that. <laughs> yeah, it's um, you know, it's it's a blessing. It's a blessing to be here to be able to say it's a blessing. So, um, it's grateful. For life is not perfect by any means, and sometimes it's downright hard. But um, but we're here, and mm. each day that you're here, you get a new opportunity at life, and the next day can be the next day, a new day. So that's um where I am right now, just being optimistic and looking forward to. Each day, mm-hmm. you know, you said something. Where, of course, I'm I'm good as well. You know, a lot of the same stuff like what you said, but you said something that kind of remind me of something I forgot to tell you earlier before we started the podcast. Because I was listening to, um, I mean, I think it's a good place to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> I was listening to, you know, as part of that DWI deeper worship intensive from deeper fellowship that I've been tuning into. I was listening to a sermon by their executive pastor, um, Pastor Jason McMullen, and he was kind of talking talking about pain, and he was talking about how um, a lot of us have misinterpreted our pain. He was actually referring to, you know, when Paul in the Bible, he kind of lists out all these things, all of his qualifications and you know how he's a he's a he was a Hebrew, he was an Israelite, he was a Pharisee, all these kind of things, and then he Pharisee was, of all Pharisees, right? Of all Pharisees, and you know, then he was kind of talking about how he had been shipwrecked and he had been near death several times, and you know, all these different kind of things. You know, like even to the point of like pretty much despairing of life. But he had learned to understand, I guess that essentially that stuff was worth it or something to that effect. I can't remember exactly what it said, but Pastor McMullen was saying how we have to look at our pain a little bit differently. Like, so for example, you know, of course you and I, you know, we've been kind of dealing with, you know, it's, you know, of course the world stuff like everybody and then kind of some of the other things that more so kind of pertain to, you know, our realm you and I are good, you know, but, um, but anyway, you know, and busyness and all this kind of stuff. And what he was saying is essentially that sometimes we kind of have to understand, we, we just have to start looking at that stuff a different way. I'm not saying that we necessarily just kind of like embrace just, you know, I need to be tough and all this stuff on my own, not that kind of stuff, but just kind of more so understanding 
that sometimes God allows different things in our lives or whatever. Um, and we have to understand that it actually still, if God has allowed it, it's for our good. Mm-hmm. It feels real uncomfortable. You know, like it's, like I said, he was talking about how Paul despaired of life. Like he, you know, this guy's like a, a you know, prolific preacher starting all these churches and being through, going through, but he went through hell, like all this stuff. And like, even at points, like he's like, you know, despairing of life, like having no hope, you know, but, but he was on the other side of that. But Pastor McMother was talking about how essentially he got to a place where he knew even if everything was just totally messed up, even if he went into something and, you know, he lost his life or something like that. He he said he knew that God could raise him up because it's like he in other words, I know who I serve. So Even if I'm going through such and such and such and such, you know. It really is all good. If I can trust God to save me, if I can trust him to do this and to do that. Whatever I'm having to deal with, if he's, you know, the one who's kind of like, you know, allowing it then it's going to be, it's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I actually have been thinking about something similar. It's, well, it's like only tangentially similar, but just kind of with everything with COVID, it's like, you know, there's a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety about it. But if we're trusting God, then he, he's keeping us. And, and it's like, we, it's tough. It's tough, but it's like, do you trust God or don't you? Because like this fear and, you know, I don't know what to do. And I, should I do this? Should I do that? Is this safe? Like it's natural to feel that way. And I, I definitely, you know, we even just had a conversation earlier about me, like not being able to make decisions sometimes because I'm thinking through all the contingencies and the, the this and the that's and the maybes and all that. But it's like we, we got to get to a place where we trust God, that we really trust him and, and, and not try to take it back. Like we trust him to a certain extent. Then it's, oh, I got to I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to protect myself. I got to keep myself. I got to. And it's like, do you really trust God? Mm-hmm. And and I, I think even like we have this our society, I think I don't I mean, of course, I've never lived in any other society or any other time period. But I really believe that. Somehow, as a society, we have um, developed a, a a disdain for pain and for going through. And nobody wants to go through pain. I know that. And I know that it was like that before. But I just feel like there was some, um, like maybe people just had a better mindset about pain. And, and they didn't yeah. fear death like we do and. Like they just had like a more accepting mindset towards certain things of life. Like these things happen. We don't like them, but they happen. And it's like us, we're always so fearful and trying to avoid those things that it takes away our joy and our ability to enjoy life. Yeah. Think about it. Think about it. So when you said that, you made me think about, you know, like, for example, World War Two. A time when pretty much the whole world was involved in war, you know, and um, like 
if you were a young, if you were a young man, like pretty much you enlisted, you know, and, um, but in that time, and, and of course, definitely times past, like this was just what you did. This was just what you did. Like lots of, you know, you had lots of men leave their jobs and get signed up and then go travel overseas to fight on one of the fronts of the war. The ladies stood up, of course, it was a different time back then, but ladies took over the workforce, you know, rolled up their sleeves and took over. So I don't really know what, how, what they did with their kids. <laughs> Cause I never thought about that. Probably um, the same thing people kind of doing now. Mm-hmm. Maybe they had some sort of some had a kids there or something or they yeah grandparents and mm-hmm. sharing shifts like I know my parents of course it's not that time period but um you worked the morning shift you worked the night shift and this neighbor worked the middle shift and y'all mm-hmm. just rotate the kids around mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and then of course you know we've talked about before the whole concept of Victory Gardens how the government actually encouraged people to grow food so that the United States could actually send the food that was kind of generated nationally. Well, not, not the people's food, but the food from companies. And so send it overseas to the troops. Everybody was, a everybody was in there. Mm-hmm. So nobody was really thinking so much about themselves and kind of thinking about, like you say, keeping themselves safe and all that kind of stuff. It was just kind of more so it is very, very different. It's yeah. very, very different. It's like, there's a certain kind of mindset that people had where they just kind of knew that more was required of them. And that's just part of being a human, Mm -hmm. you know, like you, at some point you kind of step up and do for the greater good. Mm -hmm. But now we don't really think so much about the greater good. We think about, I guess the greater me (laughs) or whatever, you know? Yeah. And it's just even, um, like this with COVID it's, it's had me, paralyzed in many ways this pandemic and like I don't want to make light of it but I feel like we've allowed it to just totally disrupt everything and and like there were times like of course it's me again speaking outside of my experience and even outside of my knowledge of what I've read but I get the sense that when the flu was going around in the 1918s or the early 1900s I get the feeling they didn't stop life like that they still had to do the things that they did in life and I'm not saying that we should just have gone out full force and just did things but I think there's a certain level of um you know I think um in one the sermon I listened to today with Pastor McDowell I think he mentioned something like he was just talking about different groups of people and how they're handling it and some people are like, I'm just going to live my mm-hmm. life. I'm not going to let that stop me from living. And, I, I, you know, on one hand, it's like you feel like, well, we got to stop this thing. But on the other hand, I just feel like as a people today, we have more of a, we allow things to stop us. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. other people would have just killed. Like, it, it's just kind of like a, you know, I, I might get it. It could mm-hmm. be bad, but. I'm still going to live my life. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think we just have this fear and this pain avoidance. 
And I mean, I'm not knocking. I mean, of course, I, I'm I'm in it. Like, this has been my life for a year mm-hmm. of, like, not wanting to get COVID and doing these various things to avoid it. But I just, I feel like we, we just allow so many things to, like, tell us what we're going to do and what we're not going to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I might <clears> be going too far in this, but I just feel like we don't, we're so, like, wanting to protect ourselves and wanting to like stay safe and healthy that we, I don't know. And I I guess another thing with that, just thinking about um, even this sermon that I listened to with Pastor McDowell is he's talking about like Quantania and that real community that the church had. And it's like, we've allowed the pandemic in many ways to disrupt that sense of community that we once had to disrupt the selflessness and love and everything that we exhibited before. Cause it's like, well, it's not safe to do that. And I'm not, I don't know. Again, I'm not knocking it because I'm part of it, but it's just something, I guess it's something to think about. Mm-hmm. But, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I guess it's a good segue into the actual topic of <laughs> yeah this i segued in and i guess mm-hmm. we jump back out and segue in again mm-hmm. so so if you've uh clicked the title of this podcast you already see that it's called a home cooked meal <clears throat> and there there is a reason for that actually it's a podcast topic that that i can't remember I, i'm sure it's a combination of veronica and me um kind of thought about um, and it stems from way back when we had our first kid, our, um, our oldest one. And, um, so, you know, we were at the hospital for what, about two or three days? We say three days, a bit mistake, but it's Oh yeah. Good. Yeah. And they were just kind of like sitting there just, just raking money off of us. Mm-hmm. But, um, we know, but yeah, anyway. So we, anyway, we finally went home and, you know, and had life experience with this first child. And, um, one thing, you know, people checking on us and all that kind of stuff. I was off of work myself for several weeks, you know, thank the Lord for, even though people joke about it, I took every bit of it paternal leave, <laughs> you know, cause it's always, you know, maternal leave, but it shoot. Yeah, I mean, it's there. Shoot. I yeah. think men sometimes don't take it just because they feel like it's not manly. Less of a man. If yeah. it was called, like, sit on your couch and watch football leave, they'll take that. Yeah, they would take that. <laughs> right, exactly. But, yeah, I shoot. I mean, plus, and, you know, you know, you, 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 I mean, you definitely don't go through what your wife goes through, but you be missing that sleep, too. Mm-hmm. And then your wife needs help, and, you know, you got to, like, help to reorganize life you know, in the home anyhow. So, so one thing that people were doing that we found to be very, very special is, you know, bringing us um, food, you know, sometimes it was, um, you know, maybe like food out. Actually, I think we might've only gotten home cooked meals. We had like one or two, um, nine home cooked, but most of them were Mm -hmm. home cooked. But I remember in particular, um, a couple of people cooked like a home cooked meal for us. I think it was a couple, two different people. I we think had my, a few. Yeah, I think my mom and then somebody else 
from our church at the time. And um, some neighbors bought food too. Oh yeah, that's right. Your neighbors brought food as well. But I don't know. I mean, it's real special for a couple of reasons. One, first of all, you know, like my mom, I remember she made like some some butter beans and um some other stuff. I remember it exactly. It was a uh, smothered chicken. Right, uh, right, right, right. Candy yams, butter beans, and um. So you had rice with it? Rice. I want to say like some greens too. Did, is that the time she made those uh, apple dumpling things too? I think so. If oh, it wasn't maybe. then, it was another time. But yeah, I remember that meal. It was good. But it was, it was so, so doggone good, man. You know, you just sitting at home and then all of a sudden mom comes over with all these, um, I was going to say Tupperware. It ain't Tupperware, but we call it Tupperware anyway. Tupperware containers and actually she had pots. Yeah, she, she had she your had grandma's pots. pots. Those big, those old pots. Those yeah. little bitty pots. Yeah, she had my grandma's pots with that food. And, but not you know, little bitty, but they. Right, with that portable. fluffy that fluffy rice the same way my grandma used to make it. It was so good, man. It was so good. And then the lady who, um, the other lady who had cooked for us, she can cook real good too. I think she had some, some of her cabbage. You know, that had like the dark leaves and the light leaves in it, kind of cut real thin. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, I digress. I'm yeah, I was like, we we <laughs> we had a few meals. We had to go through all of them. Right. But the main, yeah, we did have a few meals. So thank you if you you know, provided a meal with our first child. But so it was, it was special because the food was good. But it was also special. It was something about getting a meal from somebody but, you know, they put the time into it, made it. You know, it wasn't like a half meal. It, like, it tasted real good. Mm-hmm. The gravy and the, you know, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of getting a little carried away. <laughs> like um, folks hungry? Right, <laughs> right, yeah. Come right. On now. <laughs> but, yeah, so it was real, real, a oh, cornbread, too. But it was real good. And it was, it was just very special, I guess is what I'm trying to say, that somebody would kind of go – and you know that they they wouldn't you know that they want to you know take care of you and all that kind of stuff, but still receiving it in that tangible way with a good home cooked meal that somebody put their foot in and all that kind of stuff. It it was very very special. And it was something that like my wife and I, um, I mean obviously we reminisce about it to this day or whatever. And that's been you know almost seven years ago, and um, it was just a real special time. <laughs> You know, but yeah, it was a real special time. It was a real special time. And, um, you know, it's just something about that. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess it's just the thing that um, it's not as, I don't think we do, we, we're as inclined to do that anymore. And I think that we have to get back to that. I guess the main reason why we were even bringing up this home-cooked meal thing is just, again, like going back to what I was saying earlier, the power of community. Um, I think that we're we've become so individualized these days that we don't value that as much anymore. Um, but it's I know for me it's something that I really have been missing, really missing, just like a sense of deep, deep community, like like that Bible kind of community you think about where they talk about you know they had all things in common and if somebody needed something then. People will go sell their fields and get, you know, bring money. I'm starting to feel like our oldest who she'd be like, and then they, 
see how nostalgic about it. They would, yeah. you know, sell the field and use the money to help pay the bills of somebody who needed it. Man, <laughs> that's how she be put up. Yeah. But I guess she gets it from me. But like, I for real though, I just, I don't know. I, I think in these times, like, we need it even more. But we've been told that it's important to not gather, not be there for each other like that. And yeah, in some ways it's true, but then like, man, like it really, it really takes a toll on you mm-hmm. to not have that community. And even before um, COVID, it's like, I, I don't feel like I had like what I desire in terms of community. It's like everybody still kind of operates like this is my home. This is your home. And everybody just kind of operates individually instead of it being, you know, when you need, I got, and I give. And, and just like that sacrificial kind of giving. And I know, I, I know I can do better with that. A lot of times I intend to do things that I never do. And I don't know, I know I have to like kind of free myself from it. <laughs> free myself from not following through on those intentions. Hmm. But um I don't know. Yeah, we live in a you good society. You know, somebody kinda dealing with stuff. Hey, 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 you good? You know, you good? All right, you know, just you know, just let me know. But then you kinda hope that they don't necessarily, you know, because you got your thing and they got their thing. And um, I mean, I get it because I feel that same stuff too, especially being introverted or whatever, you know, you know, you kind of have your own stuff that you deal with. And then not only that, you also kind of have that feeling that you don't really want to intrude wherever that comes from. You know, you really don't want to bother people and you know, they kind of got their space and you kind of want to let them have their space to kind of deal with whatever stuff. But, but actually, you know, that I think that could actually be messing a lot of us up more so because we don't, I don't know. I, I think that, I think that maybe if like grandparents and stuff like that, like my grandparents who've gone on and all that kind of stuff, if they could kind of really sit and kind of like listen in on some of our stuff, they'd probably be like, what in the world is wrong with y'all? Mm-hmm. You know, cause again, I know, I know we talked about this in the previous podcast, but I can't help but reminisce on how stuff was whenever I would go and visit my grandparents in Anderson, South Carolina. And just how much, you know, every day, every day, at least it seemed like it when I went up there, just the old folks in the neighborhood, it's all, they just be walking around and, you know, come and, you know, just come, you know, my grandparents' screen door be open. I mean, their, their door be open with the screen door closed. And then, you know, Mr. Meso come over, you know, cause he saw that, you know, my grandparents' kids were in town, so he brought some of his his potato salad over. Mm. You know, he kind of come in, he had his pipe, kind of come and sit in the living room, and he kind of like, you know, chop it up with my grandparents and, you know, kind of say how to like, you know, us and all that kind of stuff. And Miss um, Doris next door, you know, and, you know, she, she, had family in Florida and so she kind of bring over, she, you know, she have, she always have a, a box of, I mean, a box of, uh, uh, grapefruit and oranges and stuff like that. So, mm. you know, she would, you know, a lot of times we go home when we finally go home, we go home with a whole lot of oranges and grapefruit, 
you know, and other people, different old people in the community, you know, they just all just kind of like knew about each other. They knew what everybody had going on and, you know, they knew everything. Everybody yeah. knew everything, you know, and, and um, they knew each other by name. And, you know, you just kind of got the sense that they checked on each other and all that kind of stuff. And Yeah, we just know. don't have that. Yeah, we don't. We don't. And it's, I don't know, man. We, you know, it's like we like to think, we like to think that, um, and we know better than them. We like, we know better than mm-hmm. those the generations. Most sophisticated. Right. But it's like, I feel like the joke is on us. The joke is on us because we, we, um, we need that. You know, I, especially, I don't know, man. You know, it could not. So it seems like these days, you know, we kind of, we deal with a lot more like, you know, anxiety and stuff. Now it could, it could be just the perception based on the awareness. It could be that. What do you mean by the perception based on the awareness? No, what I mean, what I mean is it could be, it could seem like there's a whole lot more like anxiety issues in society because people are shining a light on it. Right. But then on the other hand, though, sometimes I think, I mean, it could be part that, but then I also think that, you know, there's like a, some of the societal, the change in our society happened, but it wasn't really, it wasn't, it just kind of subtly happened. And so also the the negative effects of society changing happened too. But again, they happen subtly. And so we just kind of like looking around and just kind of like all of us kind of suffering silently, but we don't really understand why we are. And so we don't, we don't really necessarily tie it to like maybe some of the ways that community was different. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, we, we uh, actually did a podcast last week or the week before last. I can't, yeah, week before last. And, um, we got, it didn't work out. Something happened to it but we were talking about being busy and just like why are we so busy and just tired of being busy tired of being so tired and tired of being so overworked and having so many things to juggle and it's like we don't have to do that Mm -hmm. but we continue to do it so when you're talking about this community and having time to you know make some potato salad for a neighbor for their their neighbor's kids you Mm -hmm. know and um, just knowing about what's going on with folks, like that's something that comes with not being so busy working on tasks. And mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I don't know, like, I don't, of course, I don't know the other way as well, but I know that the way that we have now, I don't like it. I don't like it. I feel it feels very isolating in many ways. And then I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's just me, like, is it just that I'm doing something wrong that it's like, I don't feel that, that sense of, you know, community and all that or what, but, um, I don't know. It's, um, I don't know what to say about it, mm-hmm. but I, I do think we have to rethink the way we approach what we involve ourselves with. Cause like a lot of times, like I think about church and I feel like as a church, we um we treat it more as like a what's convenient for me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I want to do this and I want to do that. And I, I do think, you know, you have to go where you feel led. Like if you don't if you don't have a passion for certain things, perhaps you might not be the one who needs to be volunteering for it. 
but I do think that we kind of have a um a kind of selective like well we'll 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 um we'll go to the church picnic, but you know that's once a year, but not like that going in and out of folks' houses and cooking and um you know bringing food and all that like we just don't have that as much anymore. Even when I was um, in college, the church that I went to when I was in college, they would have, um, like, homecoming and um, some other things they had. But people would bring in, I guess it was an old-fashioned day, that's what they called it. And uh, people would bring in, like, their old-fashioned home-cooked meals and, and just serve it up. You know, it was like, well, I don't know, I guess us being college students, we would eat, we Everybody fed us, but I think for the most part, maybe you just brought for your family. Maybe you share a little bit with somebody who didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. But um, but as a college student, you get plates on plates on plates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the people just bring give you plates. I know y'all don't y'all ain't got nobody cooking for y'all, so here you go. And those are good days <laughs> when somebody making sure you eat. Now it's like, oh, you hungry? Mm-hmm. When you start getting old, you're not cute anymore. You just just a grown person. Mm-hmm. They don't want to feed you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess so. The question with all this stuff is, in my mind, all right. So yeah, we're talking about how it's less community, and we don't really be making time for each other or kind of going deep with each other. So so so, what's the solution? What does it look like practically? to kind of have that kind of community where you kind of check up on people and all that kind of stuff. How, how, how you do that? I'll let you go first. Mm. No, no, no. I, I asked the question. Yeah. I always call you Veronica community McClendon anyway. I know you so. asking hard questions though. I don't know the answer. <laughs> no, you know, so you lived in, you lived in community at the Perkins place and, in, in um, Mississippi and, you know, I mean, you kind of indoctrinated me when we first got um, together in all this kind of stuff, community stuff or whatever. So, so what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think part of it is finding people who have a similar mindset, like kind of finding your people, people who want to go deep like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess you invite folks over. Hey, you want to come eat? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just be intentional about doing that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard. Like I think about it with the church. It's hard. Like, you know, Oh, well, go form community in a church. But it's like, do you pick your favorite families? Like I like the Joneses. So we're going to invite the Joneses over. It's like, what about the James who, you know, you might not jive with as much. Like, I, I just kind of think about that. Like, how do you, have a community that's not like just a selective kind of thing. Well, you know, I mean, the thing is, like, my thought is just that, you know, you kind of got to start somewhere. People sometimes because, you know, your shared interests become apparent very quickly. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of happens that way. You know, I mean, I do think that we have to, we, we have to, um, be willing to kind of get out of our comfort zones and, and kind of like get to know each other 
even more. I mean, it could be that you still invite somebody over. You know, it could be that, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think that, you know, like we used to do every now and then that church things, church gatherings are are good as well. You know, I mean, fit official, you know, maybe even unofficial. Yeah, I think that's something too. It's like we we do things too formally. Yeah, I was gonna say that. We don't really know how to just just get together. It's like, oh, we're gonna have it on the third Sunday in um, June, so you got six months to prepare. Instead mm-hmm. <laughs> of so being like, you know, after church, y'all let's um, whatever. Yeah, um, even yeah, whether it be at church or even just like family stuff. Yeah, like a individual family, we make stuff too formal on that level too. You know, we gotta like look at our calendars and all that kind of stuff, and which I mean, it is what it is, I guess. But it is kind of like it's kind of laborious sometimes to kind of like hook up with people and um you know kind of like figure all these things out. Which that that's kind of like I don't know it it it, it comes with our time. It yeah, because our, our networks are so big. Right. You're yeah, right. Days. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think about how like I I get one day a week where I I don't have the children with me, so that's like if I ever do anything that's not that doesn't you know that I can do without having them then um, I do it on that day and so it's like I got a whole long list of folks like yeah let's do lunch let's do lunch let's do lunch and so it's like man like you you have so many people to connect with and I guess that I mean it's a good thing but I think that maybe in past times like you think about your grandparents they had that circle that was it <laughs> i mean i guess they probably had folks at church and stuff like that but um they didn't have as many networks as we have different networks mm-hmm. which is something that is a good thing but then it's also like it makes it hard for you to really connect with people because you always you got so many different groups to connect with so i guess like um probably just need to focus in a little bit more and be less busy doing mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that kind of brought up in my mind just the whole aspect of social media in regard to community. And, you know, and social media, it helps. Social media promotes a different kind of community. Like you said, it actually is helpful in some way. Like I, th- I think about how helpful it is for somebody who needs to br- reach a broad audience, you know, like for a business or something like that. <clears throat> But, but it doesn't really encourage close relationship, though. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's kind of, I don't know. I kind of think about how it is sometimes whenever you kind (laughs) of, you know how it is sometimes whenever you kind of like, you don't really know somebody, but you kind of like, you've seen them on Facebook. And so you kind of friends with them. Then you actually see them in person. It just feels kind of weird. It just feels real weird or I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think Facebook, I don't know. I think it makes for awkward kind of relationships. At least, you know, you kind of have a certain kind of, you never really would have interacted with a, a person a certain way. Mm-hmm. But you do it on Facebook. Then when you see them, it's like, oh, well, you know, you know, I, I really ain't cool with you like that. But, you know. Or, and then it's like you kind of feel like you should because y'all real cool on Facebook. You know, you be liking each other's posts and commenting. You might have people like that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Facebook make 
Facebook or whatever other social media, when you see somebody or they see you, it's like you you will probably almost seem like a celebrity to them or like even vice versa. Like when you actually see mm-hmm. the person is like, oh, that's, oh, I mean, this is, you know. Yeah, it's like they here, I'm here, we here. <laughs> right. So it's just kind of weird. But, um. Yeah, it is awkward. You, yeah, about it. The yeah. thing is like, do you, if it's somebody you never met in person, do you like introduce yourself as a new person or do you introduce yourself as an old friend? <laughs> right, exactly. Because you're neither. You're neither. You know, I think it just kind of underscores the fact that we need close relationships with people or whatever. You know, you can't really replace a relationship with like an actual human, like a, a in-flesh human. You can't. You know, it requires some level of vulnerability and not, um, you know, not being all like, well, they. I mean, you obviously need to like make sure you kind of screen people and whatnot, whoever you invite into your own circle. But at the same time, you know, like you were saying earlier at the beginning of all this stuff, we're so conditioned to be very protective and, and you know, kind of like I don't let nobody close, you know. And um, but it's kind of like it's kind of a human it's kind of a human thing. At least I believe it is. It's a human thing to kind of have some people that, you know, that you're close to or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, this, I mean, this obviously is not a human example, but I was kind of think about those chickens outside that we have and, um, you know, how they always kind of like, they always kind of hanging together. Like, you know, I went and cleaned the, the coop today for the first time and, you know, it's like they were all very, very scared. They didn't really trust what I was doing, but they were all kind of hanging together, just kind of like one run frantically to one side of the coop and they all run together because they're trying to keep each other safe and all this kind of stuff but it was all kind of sticking together you know and um you know that's kind of like that's kind of like you know human tendency that's even why we have societies and all that kind of stuff people come together with shared interest and all that stuff and help to take care of each other help to protect each other help to provide for each other you know and it 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 it's cool to know. I mean, it would be cool to know that you got a lot of other people close to you who, who got your back. If, um, you know, if anything happens, if you kind of in need of something, if you need resources or whatever, versus just kind of like, you know, you know, pulling yourself up strictly by your own bootstraps and providing everything for yourself. You know, that's the thing when you kind of more so get stuff on your own and, all that you tend to be less at least the way I'm looking at it now you tend to not necessarily want to kind of give as much because you like I got this myself it's mine right but it's something about um it's something about doing stuff you know and kind of like in community with people and and all y'all kind of doing this stuff together Mm -hmm. you know and um you kind of feel like you should give back and it just helps to create just a better, a better society. Yeah, all around. You know, I think about, um, I guess, like the the family is the first mm-hmm. community. You know, you have your family, and then you your family grows. You have your siblings, and you, your siblings and you y'all get married. Y'all have children, and it's like the family network grows and grows and grows. And I think that um, we even have lost that in families because we have a very like 
you grow up and you go and you be on your own. You know, it's just kind of like a, it's like, it's how we're groomed. Like you go and you create your own unit. But, um, I guess we had to kind of like learn how to still be interconnected in a real way. Um, even as adults, you know, you go on your own and you form your own families, like really not seeing it as like forming your own family, but like branching off into a, an extension of family. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, you know, starting with family is a good way as well. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. I guess to kind of like point out where you can, you know, where we can start because it is, it is layers to it, you know, like you say family and then, you know, your kind of greater community and then the communities all create whatever the bigger pocket, like the city or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, that's a really good point, you know, cause sometimes that's the thing. That's so important. You know, we always kind of like, you know, that's another, <laughs> another flaw of modern day society. We always kind of look, we always look for the big impact and all that kind of stuff. And we kind of forget that big impact is made starting at the lower level. Mm-hmm. You know that's how you that's how you do that, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I figure this is a good place to stop, and um, just we um have to be intentional about it. I know for me, I know I have to get some things off my plate and even off my my brain pathway. You know, so I'm not even thinking about stuff because it's a lot that I think about, so that I could be more free to to you know engage and find ways to be of greater support and and get into networks and all that stuff so that you know you kind of have that sense mm-hmm. community so mm-hmm. yep so well that'll be it for today thank y'all for listening we hope that y'all would hope that you enjoyed this um episode and that you would share it with your friends and family and Y'all talk about like how do we form our this community that we're talking about? How do we um regain the sense or create a new sense or whatever it is we need to do? Right. Talk about it and then do something about it too. Take action. Right. Y'all take care. Doing Wholeness is a Back to Basics Health and Wholeness podcast with theme music produced by Life on 